0: Good evening, afternoon, morning, night. Whenever you find a way to watch or listen to this podcast, it is me, Omar from Hardware. And I am back with a uh, the longtime friend of this podcast, uh, Dwayne from the Yard, HBCU Sports, and also too happy Memorial Day for uh for everyone out there. Uh hope everyone hope everyone got rest. That was off. And uh we just want to remember the reason for uh for this day and everything. Um so just happy to be uh to have time as well, just to record and just do uh, do something I love and discuss. Uh, discuss HBCU football, a man I greatly admire. So, Dwayne, thanks for coming on again. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm just glad, you know,
1: to have you on again. Well, um, I, I would love to say it most definitely is an honor to be on this show with you this Memorial Day. Happy Memorial – well, I mean, you're, you're not gone. You're here with us right now. Um, but as an active member of the military, I'd like to say happy Memorial Day to you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, there's there have been a couple people like not lost to war, but still lost. I mean, training accidents and, and whatnot. Um, a couple people, so um, it's just interesting, you know, just I mean, we think about war when we default to Memorial Day, but I've seen people honored on Twitter just for being lost in a in training accidents or also to just like due to due to suicide, sadly, as that's a prevalent issue among mm-hmm. active duty and veterans. So, but um you know I hate I hate to start with a somber somber mood on this day I'm just just glad to just talk HBCU football as I mean as we were talking beforehand in 2 days we'll know I mean we already know when the celebration bowl is going to be but I mean we will know officially when it gets released with the with the whole bowl season schedule and then we'll have a, the the tv selections for the first 3 weeks um, and interesting, interestingly enough for like the the TV selections, I thought I saw I don't know if it was a fake story or, or from a from a blue check on Twitter blue check mark on Twitter, but I saw something about like the Miak SWAC challenge being on ABC at seven thirty. I don't know if that, if that was just a uh, a hoax or whatnot, but um I mean, long story
1: short, we're close we're we're closer than than you think to the college football season. yes, um, that seems to be the the thing. there's been a lot of buzz around that game actually moving over to ABC. Um, a lot of people are excited, um, but but you're right. Um, we won't know until it's official, but it, it, it's it's starting to sound as if that is the case because of the amount of buzz that's been um, surrounding that announcement. I, I've, I've heard the exact same thing just a few weeks ago myself. Um, if that's going to be the case, I mean, of course, football rules. It's week zero. Uh, people are anticipating. Um, you know, a, a, a viewership coming to that game, and with with nothing else potentially being played on that weekend. Well, so they're going to be a, a few other games, a few other week zero games. But it's interesting that they have decided to move the Miexwack uh, Challenge over to ABC.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I do agree. Just uh, looking at the slate of games, I mean, looking at I, I think the biggest game of the weekend, obviously, is Notre Dame Navy out uh, mm-hmm. there in Ireland. Um, then you also have USC, uh, San Jose State, which. Also, we'll probably get a primetime slot, whether it gets a network TV slot or whether that game gets designated by the Pac-12 network as, I guess, like USC's one non-conference game. We'll find that out, out, of course, on Wednesday. Um, But, yeah, I I do think it's interesting, too, because there just looks to be a lot of competition. I mean, not a lot, but there seems to be – it seems to be that there will be competition uh, with that game. So, uh, we we will see for sure. But uh, I guess uh, that's a can rearrange uh, the outline that we talked about before this podcast. And just since we're on the week um, on the week zero topic, uh, a couple weeks ago, HBCU game day talked about the uh, week zero plan for the CAC and the CIAA uh, to have a, a week zero game backed by HBCU go. It was the brainchild of uh, Charlie Neal, which I'm surprised uh, with his with how much he's meant to HBCU football in the past or and even today that he didn't come up with this idea sooner. But uh, Fayetteville State were to, was going to play Benedict. Uh, it got shot down by the NCAA. And I'm I'm a little bit confused about the reasoning, but I guess, well, like, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Do you think that both conferences can sort of figure this out and, like, find a way around uh, to make this game happen? Because it would be great for college football. Or do you think it's just kind of something that's just going to die very quietly and just, like, not be
1: brought up again? Wow, Omar, I enough <laughs> enough. to think it go one of two ways. I don't know whether or not the 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 CAC and the, the CIAA are gonna be capable of finding a way around the NCAA. Um but um hopefully they can work something out with uh the NCAA to make this game happen because you're right. This is a game that I believe, um e- e- even if it's not the two conference champions, um this is I believe this is a game that um the fans of HBCU football, especially of Division two football, would love to see. Um but, um, yeah, like I said, this could go either way, hopefully just to get worked out, worked out. And if not, then maybe this is something that just fades off and, and just becomes um fodder for the two fan bases to, to discuss on, on what could have been and hopeful would have been potentially um the regular season version of the Pioneer game or well, the Pioneer Bowl. I'm sorry.
0: I mean, I agree. And it's interesting that, like, we talk about the NCAA, um, like, just looking at the article now, it says that there hasn't really been precedent for Division two conferences playing in Week Zero games. But it's like, the NCAA seems to just make up the rules as they go on, because the first thing that comes to mind is Florida-Miami for the, the 150th anniversary. I mean, those two schools have no relation to the first college football game, but yet they were the first kind of big game in Week Zero of 2019. So, I mean... Well, with everything I take, everything the NCAA says with a grain of salt, honestly, I mean, with with whatever rules they have. So hopefully they figure something out, whether it be a waiver for, you know, I mean, I guess a rule that's been wavered many times before or, or not. So <laughs> I just hope it happens. Like, because, yeah, like, I, I I mean, before I get too salty, at the NCAA, like before I go Charles Barkley on the NCAA and that, that viral clip, I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it there.
1: Well, I might go a little bit salty on it because, I, I, as, to your point, it's rather interesting that for whatever reason this waiver have, has been given to FBS and FCS, but not Division Two. Um, God, and mm, I, I don't want to say that it's because it's two HBCU conferences that are looking to do this on the on um, on on week zero they, they already have a network that's ready to to broadcast this game, everything is already set for this game, but the only thing that's standing in the way is the NCAA. It boggles my mind that that's the case and why that's the case um, intrigues me. What I don't want to see is that two other conferences outside of the CIAA and the CAC end up doing a week zero game. And then the CIAA and the CIA have to follow in their footsteps when this is something that could have happened um, this particular season. They could have taken advantage of the fact that they actually had the two conference champions playing in a week zero matchup. Something that, since we don't since we don't have a Division Two Celebration Bowl, that would have been the closest thing to that.
0: I agree. And I mean, there's plenty of real estate, uh, not just on Saturday for week zero, but also on Sunday. I mean, because mm-hmm. they're competing with, pre- with NFL preseason. And um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, like back in the, uh, I guess the, the old era of kickoff games of week zero games before we even called week zero, I think like the kickoff class, era, I, I think it, it was either the kickoff classic or ABC had two games that were on that Sunday because there was no uh, NFL regular season football. So I, I think, I know, I know NFL is king here in America, but I'd like to think that football fans would take games that actually count over NFL preseason games. Like, no offense to the guys fighting for roster spots, but I I, I mean, I tend to think that's more important, you know, than a you know, preseason game.
1: No, I completely agree with you. Um, and, and this can't be a situation where the NCAA is concerned about viewership. Um, it's the visit to football. I'm 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 not sitting here Downing Division Two football when I say that, um, I'll make sure I I I structure this in a way doesn't where it doesn't sound like I'm, um, you know, crapping on Division Two football because I most definitely I thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy the job that HBCU Go has been doing with their broadcast. Um, and <laughs> again, this is most that's why I'm I'm wondering why would the NCAA even care on what <laughs> a Division two football game broadcast numbers. I I doubt that that's the case. Um, and 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 I haven't heard another viable reason on why they decided not to do the game. So and, and until I do, all I can do is speculate that it's it's not positive in terms of the NCAA's outlook on both uh, conferences.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I I have to think it's like, you know, very, very bureaucratic and and political um, in the background. So uh, I I guess we can just hope for 2024 for this game to get off the ground. I mean, and even then, like I I know you mentioned, I I don't think viewership is the issue. Um, I think there's football and there is like there is good, I guess, promotion and hype behind football behind a game um yeah. people are gonna watch it like the 2021 uh meack challenge like uh, it was like the i think the highest viewed game of the day or the second highest but it got very good ratings once it was in prime time once college game day was there which it's a wonder why college game day didn't go back um this past year uh and i'm sure though will there will be promotional uh backing behind this game wherever it might be and there will be good v- viewership as well because HBCU go who had the rights is very accessible and, and whatnot so I mean, I guess all we can say is just a missed opportunity in general. Um, so hopefully next year it works out, and uh, you know,
1: yeah. I mean, that's really all there is that I have to say about that. Just quick, another quick tangent in, in terms of the NCAA. Um, I mean, they won't find me. They won't say to me. They don't care about me. Um, <laughs> they, they they most definitely have been known to shoot themselves in the foot in terms of um ways to to. And, and they've been known to shoot themselves in the foot when it comes to generating revenue. If you just take a look at the way that they handle um, women's athletics and, and, and the way that they tend to pigeonhole them and what they do, um, even though in, in that situation, it seems to be them cutting it off their own nose to spite their face. Just doesn't make any sense. And then it's, it's not as if the NCAA is, is gaining any revenue. It's what they're... It, it Just seems to be a way to, to just hold those two conferences back from, from generating revenue. It just does. And it, it, it just boggles my mind why they want to do that.
0: I mean, on that note, too, in terms of shooting themselves in the foot, I think if both conferences can come up with a valuation in terms of lost ad revenue, lost mm-hmm. viewership revenue from the game, they could definitely bring a you know a court case to the NCAA and just bring up examples like the um you know 2019 Florida Miami um uh, for why they couldn't, you know, get this game going. So just uh, and also too, also the FCS exemption, which exists for like no other reason, you know. But I mean, to give them a spotlight game, so why, why couldn't that exist for the division for division two? So exactly, um, yeah. So I mean, really, I mean, I I think I think uh, we both uh, beat the beat the horse dead on that one. So um, I guess moving on to uh, to other. I mean, they say not to yeah. kick
1: a dead horse while it's down, but I mean that's, that's... the easiest way to kick it if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're we're both emotionally charged about this, uh, for yeah. sure. Uh I guess moving on to our to our agenda, something that uh that was I guess more quiet in the off season. Um, I, I know Mo Carter, the uh, the great reporter, um, for I think it's like Fox fifty four, but um, the, but the great yeah, Fox
1: fifty um, four down in uh, Huntsville,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, I I don't want want to say the wrong town. I just remember the number and and the network. So Mo Carter reported that um, the SWAT Classic once again fell through, which I think after last year's fiasco, I think a lot of people weren't really focused on the SWAT Classic out there at Legion Field. Uh, Next year's game, the option of the game is to have it in or is to have the Boombox Classic again be at Legion Field. And after that, we have, uh, I guess it's like in 2025 and 2026, two straight years of Alabama State versus Southern. Uh, In my eyes which I wrote about, I think in like January or February, in my eyes, I just don't see this getting off the ground. Uh, not particularly this year uh, for the SWAT Classic, but like in the next two years, I really think it's going to be a tough sell to have Alabama State fans uh, go to Legion Field twice in one year. Um, seems kind of manufactured, honestly, to have them play Southern. I know Southern's a great big brand and everything, but I want to know your thoughts on the SWAT Classic. Is it doomed for uh, the rest of the contract? Or is there a way that the conference and the schools can salvage the Slack Classic?
1: Wow. The thing is, of course, you're going to have to find two programs, two fan bases that are going to be willing to go to um, Birmingham for that game. To your point, I just find it interesting that, um, God, the, the name that I choose not to mention, but of course I have to mention, because of course the viewers won't know exactly what I'm talking about at this moment, but Deion Sanders, and, and during his tenure at Jackson State has been um the the uh, uh, for the lack of a better term, the the, the puppeteer behind the, the cancellation of both the Sweat Classic and what we originally knew as the Southern Heritage Classic. But it's not necessarily his fault. I understood why he did so, because he thought this though that the two um well that Jackson State most definitely was not reserved not receiving. Um, the revenue that they deserve to know to participate in those games, in which the way that probably the promoters wanted them to, i.e., to have the players come and play in the game, and of course to have the band come and play, and also take care of traveling, take care of lodging, and make sure that the school is properly compensated to play in that game. Unfortunately, though, those contracts were signed, and in most cases, rather recently too. Um, and I felt as though that that's something that they should have taken into consideration before signing those contracts. Um. Uh especially when you look at the numbers that the um the SWAC challenge was looking to um to to, to pay out those schools. I, I'm I'm trying to remember if it was your article that I saw that had this number in it, or another article where I uh, I, I believe that number was about three hundred thousand per per school participating in the game,
0: roughly. Yeah, I think so. I pulled that number from the HBCU Game Day article. Uh,
1: that sounds about right. Yeah, so if if that's the case, three hundred thousand—that's mainly the reason why he said no to the Southern Heritage Classic. So if that's the case, yeah, I can see why he said no. I, I wouldn't do it either. And and it's been what about three four months now since um Mo Carter. Shut up, the Mo Carter. You know that's my boy right there. Um, it's been about three or four months since Mo made the announcement that the game um has been placed on hold and they ha- can't seem to find any dance partners as is right now to participate in that game. I don't know well they won't find it for 2023. I don't know if they'll find it for 2024. I mean, the, you said it's supposed to be um uh, the 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 Boombox Classic in 2024, correct? Um yes. May- maybe they go ahead and play that thing out and, and and eventually it ends up dying off. Um we'll have to wait and see if if they can find a way to get Better compensation for these institutions, but if not, yeah, I I I guess that's the end of it. But yeah, I I am I'm going to need these promoters because again, of course, having an HBCU classic sounds like a wonderful idea, and we've seen several HBCU classics over the past few years end up having to, to cancel their games and having to fall fallout because either well, mainly for one thing, they, they because of money. They they can't either generate enough revenue to sustain the game or generate enough revenue or generate enough money to compensate the schools properly to have the game in which uh, they have the game the way in which they want to have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to agree with, uh, with your points there, honestly, um, and just add on to I think a interesting kind of, I guess, case study that can add to this is the Tuskegee Morehouse Classic. Uh, that got moved from Columbus to Birmingham, and I I was at the inaugural uh, Birmingham game when I was when I was living in Georgia at that time, and I saw this opportunity to visit Legion Field, um on a, on a you know on a, on a long weekend probably at a cheaper price than the Magic City Classic for sure, and the uh the crowd that I saw was insanely low, um officially six thousand, a little a little bit over uh, six thousand fans. And then looking at the box score for uh, last year's game for that one, it was like less than 3,000. I mean, I can't imagine what a, what a crowd like that looks like at Legion Field. So I guess the point I'm getting at is um, it's already an uphill battle because Legion Field is old. There aren't many uh, sort of like stadium like connoisseurs or, or history fans that walk into Legion Field and view it as like, you know, the important venue to college football as it is. They just see an old venue with um, a bunch of – bunch of concrete benches and everything or uh so i mean that's already one uphill battle too and it's and also too like someone has to lose a home game someone has to lose that revenue which i'm not sure how much um teams like southern and jackson state uh and even alabama state make on home games uh for that three hundred thousand dollar payout to actually be worthwhile i I imagine they make a lot when it's all said and done in terms of concessions and everything um and and of course the game day ticket so um I, I just don't think the juice is is worth the squeeze sadly for this game even though even though uh I mean even though I guess the Birmingham or the Swac is putting all the costs for it so I I too think it it will fall to the wayside um I would like to see maybe I guess in the future they I guess uh maybe not the Swac but I guess the Birmingham Sports Commission or whatever it's called uh, I think uh, I guess the organization that ran the Magic City class that just lost control of it. I think that is the same organization that has a hand in this. Maybe they redirect their attention to I guess the SEAC, even though um the Tuskegee Morehouse experiment has gone awry. Maybe they kind of rotate schools in, you know, so uh there isn't much Legion field fatigue. But I, I, I gotta agree with you on, on all those points.
1: Yeah, I would be a little concerned though to, to have a the business who two matchup in that game if they can figure out a, um uh, um, a matchup combination that that at least draw maybe a third of the attendance for decent field then that that would be something that i feel as though would be viable um for the organizers to do but as of right now yeah i'm 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 a little intrigued to see exactly how that would work um for for anyone other than um two swag opponents um but my guess is they tried, they attempted to do what um well them, and the conference, the SWAC conference uh, again tried to jump on, um the success of having uh Deion Sanders in the SWAC by uh, by creating that game while he was there at Jackson State, um, and they, they were probably looking to um also get um a broadcast rights, probably w- w- with ESPN if not ESPN. Um, HBCU go for that game as well. But, uh, again, the numbers weren't looking right while Dion was there. Sanders is no longer there in Mississippi. What do you do at this point in order? And and then, of course, in, uh, schools have most definitely had their schedules kind of situated for 2024. I'm trying to figure out who would you convince and how much money it would take to convince two conference teams to come and play in Birmingham. And and like you said, potentially lose a home game. Yeah. And then I, I guess like with
0: your point with like the crowd, um, excuse me, I guess uh, the crowd demand by uh, like trying to fill a third of Legion field where I would like to see, I like to see maybe the SWAC or whoever agrees with Birmingham kind of rework this game. Um, maybe put it in Rickwood, put a yearly game in Rickwood field because um, it's baseball season right now. Mm-hmm. Jeez, excuse me. It's baseball season right now. And, uh, Hinch Hinchcliffe, or Hinchlift, sorry, I was at a, I always had the C in the middle for that stadium, but Hinchlift um, has got has gotten national press. I've never seen this much national press for an unaffiliated baseball team as I have seen for the the New Jersey Jackals for opening Hinchlift, a former Negro League stadium, um, and playing their home games there, just revitalizing that. I mean, I think I think I think the best thing the Slack can do for itself from a publicity perspective, if they want um, the city of Birmingham to put the bill, is put that money into revitalizing Rickwood field and have a yearly game at Rickwood field. Cause I mean uh, you know, there's been plenty of football games in the past um, and, and it, it doesn't matter if you have to do one side football, you know, like uh, at Wrigley field that one year or like, uh, like that Jacksonville state um, game, Jacksonville state, North Alabama game. It doesn't matter. I, I think just the experience of playing at Rickwood where Hank Aaron played, where so many other legends of, 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 of baseball played, uh, having a, a game there, I think that, you know, that trumps, I mean, any any attendance you can have at Legion Field. Uh, so that's that's just my opinion on the whole situation. That's how I think the squad can sort of rectify it.
1: And, and I get it, especially with you being such a, a stadium connoisseur, you most definitely would love to see that game. The hope is that there are enough fans out there that would love that whole story of coming back to see a game played in in that venue, the question though is um with the the current state of of um sports stadiums and the amenities that people are so used to, whether or not those stadiums or those venues um would be at least comparable enough to to have fans come and feel comfortable enough to come back on a regular basis um that is most definitely something that I am currently witnessing here in DC with the well it's been in hospice for some time now but the pending death of RFK Stadium the stadium that I grew up um uh, um I'm clamoring over and finally get an opportunity to, to view games in um in, in, you know in in my late childhood and then of course up until um they held the nation's Classic. As a matter of fact I believe the nation's Classic um, this is football classic between, uh, Howard and, uh, Hampton was, was the last game played in that stadium. Um, but with the stadium being in such, um, disarray, um, and, and uh, it, it was difficult to get fans to want to come back into that stadium, even though that stadium has such historic value to it, um. Yeah, everyone's looking for comfort now. And if you can't make the game day experience as comfortable as possible for fans, it's going to be a, a hard draw to have people come out to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's interesting you you point that out. I mean, in terms of amenities, because I mean, even with the stadium like Mikey Stadium, which I I mean, been too many times. I mean, even I found myself complaining about the the concourse size. You know how how narrow the concourses were. So there's always something that shows the age of these stadiums for sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting too. Like have I I think I do think we have become more spoiled as fans. You know um you know and that's that just is what it is. Honestly, I mean there there isn't much else to say about that. Yeah,
1: but if you can get two strong bands to come in there, you most definitely will probably get a bigger draw. But uh, outside of that, number two has to be the state of the stadium and and how comfortable fans are when they go to the viewer game. Absolutely.
0: Um, moving on to another classic uh, that that had that met its quiet, I guess that officially met its quiet fate um, this year. The uh, the Texas class or the Arlington classic, excuse me, between Texas Southern and Southern. Um, it's been at first start off with the Cotton Bowl as like I think like the State Fair showdown mm-hmm. um, didn't didn't really have success there I think for obvious reasons where it's like if you want to see um, black college football in the area in the Cotton Bowl you have Prairie View have yeah, B State Fair Classic so it's kind of like you know saturated market there so they moved it um you know I guess into the into the Arlington suburbs and whatnot to Globe Life Park um kind of kind of mixed results there. Uh, until, quietly, it wasn't on Texas Southern and Southern schedule. Uh, do you think this is the end? Do you think, you know, um, there are any more options for this Classic? Or I guess, like, in retrospect, what, what were your thoughts on the lifespan of the, the Texas S- Southern Southern Classic, you know?
1: Sorry about that, Omar. Um, it, it it seems as though with the um... – what was that? The, the 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 first iteration of the, the was it the, the State Fair Classic? Those first two years. Um, hold on for a minute, Omar. Sorry about that, Omar. I know no issues. No. Yeah, I, I do apologize about that. Um, with the, the first iteration of the State Fair Classic, um, you know the, those two games, they they actually had attendance. Um, that the, the first year, if I remember correctly, started at about maybe fifteen thousand and it dipped down to about seven thousand. Then, of course, when it moved, and that was that was in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen respectively. When the game moved to Arlington, the, the 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 attendance actually ended up jumping up to about. I'm sorry. 15,000 15 to sixteen thousand, the 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 last two seasons in Arlington. Um, I I I don't know because to 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 your point, yes, the organizers most definitely want to have another game in the Dallas Fort Worth area because of the success of the 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 the, the, the State Fair Classic between Grambling and 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 Prairie View A and M because of course that game draws about fifty thousand every year. The thing is, I don't, I don't know. Being that I don't know a lot about, um, SWAT culture in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, all I can surmise from, from the research that I did is that you know, of course, with Grambling Prairie View being, in the beginning of the state fair class, was the, the 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 beginning of the state fair, and that, uh, that second game being at the end of the state fair, maybe there isn't as much. Excitement for that game, as as it is in the beginning, because you know it's it's the beginning of the fair. Everybody wants to be there. You have all of the other events that go along with the State Fair Classic, um, the car show, and, and and all of the other events. I don't know if the same can be said ab- about this Texas Southern Southern matchup. If you don't have that draw, if people aren't necessarily clamoring, well, especially when it was in the Cotton Bowl, clamoring to come and see that game played um, in the Cotton Bowl at the end of the the, the fair, when well, now it's going, it's in Arlington, even though the attendance has gone up, um, I, I, again, it goes back to economics. If it doesn't fiscally make sense, it's going to end up dying off. Um, but I, I believe that original contract was a two-year contract, though, wasn't it, Omar? I wasn't sure about the contract itself. Um,
0: I know, I know, um, I think I think it was Mo Carter that, that responded to uh, to my question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks like it, it, it was a simple expiration of the contract.
1: Um, so, yeah. And, you know, with, with with that contract aspiring, they were only capable of getting a third of that stadium filled with that matchup. Maybe they just thought it's not working. And then, oddly enough, both classics the one in 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 um in 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 the Cotton Bowl and then this one in um in, in, it was a Choctaw Stadium yeah 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 with with those two games, um they they just couldn't get a, a resemblance of what they saw with the state Fair classics. so they just said, okay, we'll go ahead and play these two things out and 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 move on. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'd, I'd have to agree to. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting, too, in terms of the venues, because it seems like with the two venues that they had the choice of, um, there's like, oh, I guess, like kind of, I guess, prevailing issues with them like the Cotton Bowl being too big. Uh, I swear I've never seen tarps at the Cotton Bowl ever. You know, so seems like seems like, you know, they every event or. I shouldn't say every event, but the two games that they run each year, they expect, you know, full capacity for, which like this year, the State Fair, the State Fair Classic had a great turnout. Um, so, I mean, you know, of course, I, I you know, I, I don't blame them for expecting And, you know, not a, you know, I guess not adjusting their, I guess, manpower in terms of security concessions and whatnot to uh, suit that game. So yeah, I, I do I do expect that that game was kind of expensive running the Cotton Bowl. And then you look mm-hmm. at Choctaw Stadium, the former Globe Life uh, Park or Field, whatever whatever they called it. Because of course the they made the genius decision to call the second park the exact same thing, but just replace whether it was a field or a park. But that's a different problem. that's a different thing. I'm just glad it's called Choctaw now. But the former Rangers Ballpark, of course, with it mm-hmm. being a former baseball stadium, you have obstructed sight lines. Um, maybe not obstructed, but not the best sight lines too. So. Uh, I mean, I tend to think that the game experiences probably weren't the best either way. I mean, because there is a such thing as as playing in a venue that's too big in terms of the atmosphere. Um, you know, I guess citing the twenty twenty one tuskegee Morehouse Classic that I that I went to, you know, I Love Legion Field, but the venue is a bit too big compared to uh to uh, I guess it's, it's called McClung Stadium, right? I'm I'm already forgetting the name of the uh the Columbus Stadium. It's like McClung Stadium, or Well, wow, I couldn't tell you 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 know better than i do uh, i I, for, I forgot already um you know when it was i i just forgot the name when there there really wasn't a possibility for me to, to go to that stadium you know from, from not being close to it but uh but yeah so i mean i i think that kind of pointed to it as well uh i think it's interesting too i mean i do think uh i kind of wish that texas southern stuck with it uh just given that they don't really have, I guess, I mean, they have the Labor Day Classic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, huge rivalry as well, not a neutral side classic. I just I just love neutral side games uh, a lot. And it's also, also too, Texas Something gets overlooked. They're one of two uh, MEAC and SWAC schools to have never appeared in the MEAC-SWAC Challenge. So I kind of wish it worked out for them, but I can understand totally why why it didn't. So um, overall, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I wouldn't say it was doomed from the start, but it was always going to be something tough to work out just based on the venues and, I mean, you know, I guess fan interest and in distance, I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive from Houston to Dallas. Um, I don't know what that drive is from Baton Rouge to Houston. Um, But having to do that in late October, it, it, it just seems a little potentially taxing, especially in the middle of the football season. I know a lot of people – don't mind necessarily doing that around a, a holiday or the beginning of the season. But once you start getting in the in the midst of a season, it makes it a little bit more difficult for those fans um to, to want to travel out um to go see a game.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. So, um, you know, maybe there'll be a one off game uh, in the future, which I mean, I, I'm not ruling that out for sure. So we'll, we'll just see what the future holds for, I guess, that that classic, the Arlington classic. But for now, on hold, Um, just another, I guess, failed classic, um, you know, of the past now at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, but that, and that's the other interesting thing, too, because while promoting this game and while advertising this game, both institutions talked about how large the, the alumni base is there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but it just never showed up in the attendance of that game. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, if
0: part of that is, um, I guess on on Southern, if for Southern's case, I wonder if Southern considers Texas Southern. I guess that rivalry seems a bit manufactured, but I wonder if they consider Texas Southern like sort of like a little brother, because uh, I know Texas Southern's fortunes haven't really been great um, this decade um, in the or not this decade and in the twenty tens in the SWAC. So I mean, I also kind of wonder if that kind of played
1: into it. Probably. But um, Texas Southern most definitely surprised them in, in the beginning of the season this year. Oh, yeah, know absolutely. Shutting them absolutely. out. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I know most definitely Southern is, is looking for restitution, even though uh, Southern did back their way into the conference title game with a, a TSU loss um, at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, it'll be very intriguing to see exactly how that game plays out. But, unfortunately, it won't be um, in Arlington. Yeah,
0: no, I I agree. So I mean, yeah, just I mean I know I know Texas took the dub, so I don't I don't want to get on the bad side of their fans. I know they took the dub this year. Just uh, you know, from uh, from my layman's perspective, that that seems to be what you know. I guess the, the rivalry dynamic. But uh, I guess uh, before I take any more heat, going on to our our next topic, uh, we have the Miac, They moved two games to Thursday, and while it's not an official TV announcement, I mean, why else would they move two games to Thursday? Uh, the two games, of course, being Morgan State versus North Carolina Central, and then you have uh, South Carolina State versus North Carolina Central. So, of course, you get the defending Black College Football champions twice on a weeknight. Very optimal. Uh, but I think, I think, uh, I want to know your initial thoughts on these matchups and, the, uh, and, I guess the conference and ESPN's choices before I get into my
1: thoughts on this. Um, my initial thought was, huh, um little rough because those are gonna be two games especially in in mid-october I mean six it's a 16 league every game is gonna mean something um there was a two game difference between first and last place um last year um and, and you have in my opinion two of the top three teams um in this upcoming year playing um on Thursday nights this year with um Morgan State, in my opinion, being uh the team on the rise in the conference, especially after their are showing last year with new head coach uh Damon uh Wilson. Um and then, of course, like you said, you, you have last year's champion, and then the following week, you have the two the, the, the last two celebration bowl champions playing in Durham um in South Carolina State in in North Carolina Central. My question is. I understand that ESPN doesn't necessarily care about the attendance um, of those games, but I know the fan bases do. I also know that the the teams do in terms of attendance. And when you're talking about in the case of um, a, 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 a Morgan State hosting North Carolina Central, hosting last year's champion, um, that might have been a huge draw for them. But down it makes it tough for them on a Thursday night when they're of, huh, which is in the middle of the week, along, excuse me, with the fact that of course it's going head to head with the NFL on Thursday nights, um, even though that game is on Prime, it's a little bit different. But I digress, um, and then of course the following week, uh, with Central hosting South Carolina State, that might be the regional rivalry now that North Carolina a and is no longer in the MEAC along with the fact that that was the game. Well, no, no, South Carolina State did win that game last year, if memory serves me correctly, um, on, on in uh, Orangeburg. Yes, they won that game by two. Um, you know, if, if South Carolina State, can, they might surprise people. I don't put anything past Buddy Pugh. Um, They could be in the race and, and having to travel to Durham for that game. Um, to, to, to play on a Thursday <sighs> again, I I don't know what the Eagles are going to look like in terms of attendance, um, in the stadium, and I, I think that that's something that the school most definitely feels though is going to be a loss for them in terms of revenue generated, um, in, in terms of ticket ticket sales and concessions or whatever, um, so I I believe that that might that will be a huge hit for them and something that they're not necessarily happy about. But, um, you know, ESPN is just most definitely looking for content they have on Thursdays. And, and, and you know, if you can't make it, you probably watch it. But I don't know if that's going to be enough for the schools.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's good because uh, I didn't realize that uh, there was only one game on a Thursday night last year uh, to sort of put them back in the spotlight. I, I was shocked by that. Of course, uh, uh, it was the game that Davis Richard kind of introduced himself to the country, six touchdowns. Uh, and. North Carolina Central at four at 42 um 42 first half points in a 59-20 win. Um, but for me, I guess I I mean you mentioned Morgan State on the rise, but I, I kind of wish that they kind of put Howard in one of these two games because Howard, of course, won a share of the conference, of course, last year. Um, Howard, of course, being on the rise. And I mean, they have a lot of experience in offense returning as well. Um so it just, it just seems like a very interesting choice for Morgan State, but I mean, uh, Morgan State too. I mean, they got a lot of returning talent, but the one person they don't return, of course, Alfonso Graham. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of interesting to see how they regroup on offense. But I mean, they got a lot of pieces returning on defense. Um, but again, you know, I mean, I, I'll watch. I'll watch any team. Of course, I'm an Army fan. You know, it doesn't matter what offense you run. Maybe, but for the casual fan, flipping channels on a Thursday night, uh, seeing you know, I guess the main Thursday night game being a blowout, I, I just I don't know if Morgan State is the most casual fan friendly team with uh, their pass offense only averaging about 120 yards per game last year, um, and and I think uh, I think their their starting quarterback has moved on um, the the tran the the other the second transfer after Neil Boudreau. Uh, mm-hmm. A good friend of the podcast, Neil drive. I'm pretty sure he's graduated too, so there's even more questions at quarterback. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I just I just don't know if that's the most TV worthy team. I think, and then with the South Carolina State North Carolina Central game, uh, I think South Carolina State being uh being a weeknight game is definitely a given. Um, uh, not just because of I mean Buddy Pugh's I guess track record as coach, but also the NFL talent that's in the league, namely uh, Shaq Leonard. I mean, that's definitely way in cut-ins and whatnot to just uh, kind of bring love to the Miac. I mean, a very easy way to say, like, hey, like, you know, this, the Miac is an NFL factory, you know, Shaq Leonard, and even to Kobe Durant, who um, had a great rookie year, but definitely overshadowed by the Rams, you know, kind of imploding throughout the year. But I mean, uh, that definitely I, I think it's definitely a given, but I kind of do wish Howard was um included in the two games, and especially too because Green Stadium. Now I'm not sure if it's a if a Howard NC Central is a uh, is a home game per se for as uh, a home game for Howard. But I mean, Green Stadium has lights now. They had their first home game a couple years ago, or first home night game a couple years ago, so they they can make it happen. Um, uh, but yeah, that that's just my take on it too, and of course too from a from a markets perspective as well um from market perspective as well for the conference i guess you kind of don't love seeing south carolina state uh having having a one of the weeknight games you know maybe you go for a howard norfolk state or even a howard morgan state and then you can have your north carolina central versus a south carolina state game on the other end so uh either way either way i'm gonna i'm gonna have those games on, on 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 the tv but you know there there's there's always something to pick apart and that's just what i'm choosing to do but I don't have a problem with it, but I
1: would have I gone a different way. No, I, I'm right there with you on that. Um, oddly enough, just check that uh, that Central Howard game is going to be in D.C. It's going to be in late November but mid-November, Um, the next to the last game of the season. God, that might be the de facto championship game based upon what we saw from last year. But again, like I said, I I there isn't a team I don't like in this conference. Because I feel as though that everybody has the ability to beat everybody, um, but uh, uh, to your point, to to have the conference champion from last season on those back to back weeks playing those games, um, I I feel as though that was the reason why I was done. Along with the fact that, you, you, like you said, while broadcasting the game, you can most definitely talk about the history of South Carolina State football. You can most definitely talk about. Um, uh, 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 Shaq Leonard. You talk about uh, the Kobe Durant, and of course, don't forget about um, uh, 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 uh God. Um, he, he's he's now in San Francisco. He used to play with Philadelphia. The 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 D tackle. Um, oh, well, Hardgrave. Uh, Hardgrave. Yes, uh, Javon Hardgrave. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So they they most definitely with 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 uh uh uh. uh buddy Pugh being an nfl uh a factory in terms of generating defensive talent um from that program is something they can they would most def- they will most definitely discuss um but but, but you're right the, the the fact of missing out on having howard that has most definitely turned that program around um winning a share of the conference championship last year um and, and And in my opinion, one of the the three teams, along with Morgan State and North Carolina Central, that are favorites in my eyes to to win the conference uh, this upcoming season, I, I think that that was a missed opportunity, especially with that game being the the week before the the week before the final week of the regular season
0: yeah i mean i wasn't spun i wasn't spun up on the conference calendar but definitely like having a you know a mid-november um weeknight game definitely helps as like with the looks of the conference i know um a lot of teams in that final week have uh, use a non-conference game which i think it's i think it's interesting how that how that works out with other fcs leagues um you know i guess whether i think um a couple years ago like, looking at, i'm looking at the uh, 2021 morgan state schedule to find out when the uh their weeknight game against Delaware State was. But uh, in looking at that, I noticed that they played Georgetown in their final weekend. So, I mean, even even uh, doing something like the fi- before the final weekend of the season, excuse me, before the final Saturday of the season, you know, I think you definitely could add some spice to, to that weekend as well. With, I mean, I mean... A lot of schools playing non-conference games, but also too. I know you mentioned it being in a November game, and my first thought with all the stuff happening in the Big Ten is like, I wonder what the league commissioners think about November weeknight games. But you know, the the Morgan State Delaware State game from a couple years ago that was on a November weeknight, you know, in Baltimore, and I can't imagine it was it was too pleasant outside. So, you know, I mean, I guess it's not an excuse either. So, I I guess. uh, whether I mean in these in these days, I don't know if the commissioners had as much of a say. I mean, heck, even even when it comes to the Big Ten, the top echelon of college sports, the the commissioners didn't have a complete say. So I just think it's interesting whether it was an information an information gap on ESPN, uh, in, t- in dictating what games they wanted how they left out Howard or something else. But um, yeah, I I I think it's a missed opportunity. Hopefully, they can flex something or, but you know but they're being late in the game close to season. I think it's highly unlikely.
1: Might be a possibility. And I know I probably sounded as if I was contradicting myself saying that it's not a great thing to have um, these games on, on Thursday nights, only to follow up and say that if they were to do one, it probably should have been um, central and, and Howard uh, in in, in mid November. But huh yeah i'm 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 wondering if that's something the conference is necessarily still interested in doing um more than once a year anyway nowadays, um because of how hard it is to have fans come out um on, on a Thursday night, especially to have fans travel on a Thursday night. Um, I, I I have not been to morgan or to 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 to, uh to to durham on a thursday night to see exactly what traffic is like getting to those stadiums on a thursday um how difficult it would be to to have those that will probably be commuting from work to go to a game that that hour whether or not they would even want to be interested in going out on the thursday night to watch those matchups or not um but yeah, unless it's worthwhile to the programs and to the conference to have these games on on Thursday, I don't know. Outside of exposure, what these games are worth having them having them played on Thursday nights anymore?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, I I definitely agree as well. Um, as I mean, we're kind of seeing the effect of I mean cord cutting now. I mean, starting with RSNs, you know who knows what'll happen. Even though I think channels like ESPN, you are safe, um, but with ESPN's growing streaming footprint on ESPN Plus, I mean it's interesting to see like you know how much these games really mean. You know, because um, I mean, it, it, I mean, just at the surface, an ESPN Plus subscription where you get tons of access to tons of conferences. Now they're not marquee games, but it's still college football nonetheless. <clears throat> And then uh, ESPNU, where you got to have, you know, uh, whether YouTube TV, Hulu Hulu Live TV subscription. I mean, on the surface, you get access to more sports content on ESPN Plus compared to ESPNU. So, I mean, I mean, who knows, like, what will happen to a network like ESPNU? Who knows how much exposure on ESPNU will mean compared to ESPN Plus uh, in the near future? Uh, But also something you said, too. I mean, I also wonder, too, on the flip side, just uh, to contradict myself now. I wonder how much the effect of uh of the ES of the NFL being on Amazon Prime um will have on, on these games, you know. I mean, whether you know, I guess um the both college games, the ESPN game, or even if Fox Sports won as a game, or you know, of course the Miac game, whether that will carry more weight and that will get more attention because fans are just fed up with having not only to get an Amazon Prime subscription for Thursday night football, but also to catch a playoff game, you have to get a Peacock peacock subscription, you know, for a month in in January. You know, I wonder how fed up fans will be. And I guess how, um, how important these games are like in terms of accessibility,
1: you know, how um, crucial these games will be for fans. Now, you know, we actually discussed this uh, not too long ago when they actually made the announcement about the, um, the the playoff game move to Peacock. The benefit of that it'll be on the free version of Peacock, so they don't necessarily have to pay for a subscription in order to get it. Um, that's more that uh, that has to be a tactic to to draw more people into getting Peacock that normally don't already have it. And I know with the cable subscription that I have, it automatically comes with it. Um, but yeah, to your point, it, it it'll be intriguing because I'm still trying to get my mindset out of that antiquated thought process. Of, um, and it's just me being old. People have to forgive me, please. I'm asking for forgiveness of knowing that these games that 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 were being played traditionally on ESPN, you having to go up against the NFL on Thursday nights on ESPN. How much I despised having to see that, but um, and a lot of those were 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 actually great matchups. Um, ex- except for the one I have in mind, watching my Aggies get blown out by Beto Cookman. Um, still bothers me to this day. But with that said, I know now with that game going to Amazon Prime, this game being on ESPNU, you're right. How many people who are just going to be looking for football um, that aren't necessarily MEAC fans that will want to go over to um that matchup and watch it and i just find it interesting i don't know if it's been announced yet um whether or not the SWAT would end up flexing any of their games over to thursday night this upcoming season either um and if they don't choose to do so my only guess is that the people know that having those games moved over to thursday hurts their bottom line in terms of attendance um for those matchups
0: yeah, I mean, I think so. I think uh, in terms of both conferences, I do think the MIAC is in more of a state of desperation from a revenue perspective. Uh, just, of course, like you said, um, six football-playing schools, eight total members, too. Uh, and, I mean, the eight, the other two, the two members that don't play football are kind of – I mean, they're saturated into one market, into a market that already has, you know, one member that plays football. So you have three members in one market. So, I mean – of course, football is king in, here in America. So, I mean, uh, in essence, it's like people, it's like the main the main bargaining chip, I guess, the main viewing draw of MEAC Athletics isn't Coppin State or UMBC. I'm sorry, not UMBC, sorry. Who UMES. UMES, <laughs> excuse me, UMES, but one of the football playing schools, of course, because that's who you see on ABC, you know, once or, you know, if the, uh, if the cat's out of the bag on Wednesday twice a year. So... I mean, uh, with, with that, you know, it's it's like I kind of, I mean, you can kind of see the desperation where it's like the SWAC doesn't need Thursday as much as the Miac does, even if it's just one or two Thursdays. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see because, uh, I wonder if like, yeah, I wonder if by now you would have seen the SWAC move out because I I don't really keep track of like the timetable of a, uh, you know, of a lot of these announcements. But I mean, I guess by now, with it almost being June, you would have already seen the movements,
1: right, to to Thursday. You, you would have by now. That was my thought process is that they, you would have at least seen it by now. Um, if not by now, within the next coming weeks. But, huh? yeah, I, um, like I said, I, I haven't seen it yet. I doubt that it happens um, because I, I believe that the SWAC has become a lot more conscious of what that game does to them. As it pertains to the live experience uh, versus whether or not, you know, you're getting exposure, you're generating content for ESPN and whether or not that money is going to be um, enough for them to want to have that game during a weeknight. Yeah, and you mentioned the Slack with the game day experiences
0: like they're off the top of my head, like the two the two um, games that I can remember, I guess. Um, two Thursday night games for last year. The flags like uh, the one home game that Mississippi Valley State had, where they upset Alabama A and M, and then it seems to be like Bethune Cookman always has one or two Thursday night games a year. And off the top of my head, I mean those two, uh, those two stadiums, I mean those two kind of atmosphere game day atmospheres always seem like, I guess they would be on the bottom of the list in terms of I guess fan attendance and everything with the uh, with uh, Mississippi Valley State just being where it's at geographically. And uh, with their stadium just just now getting important updates, and of course a Bethune Cookman stadium being off campus, being a uh, I think I think it's a, a municipally owned stadium uh, as well. So I think I think uh, those two schools are are what I think when I think of Swack Thursday games just because of what their game day experience offers in relation. Now I'm not saying it's bad, but in relation to you know a Southern, a Jackson State, a Grambling, you know, or any of the Alabama schools. Um, uh, that that's just what I think of. I think the schools that kind of lack in that game day experience kind of take those games and like don't really see much of a uh,
1: a loss in experience. Yeah, and, and and to your point in terms of the scheduling, though, the televised scheduling. Um, I, I just wanted to check to make sure. I know the the individual institutions have released their schedules, um, but the SWAC as a conference hasn't done so on their website as of yet. So my guess, like you said. Um, within the next few weeks, we'll get an understanding. Of probably as we get a little bit closer to, um, the the media day, which is going to be on the twenty fifth of July, for the SWAC. Um, I think that's when we'll get more of an understanding of whether or not those games will be moved over to the uh, if they'll end up having any games moved over to Thursday night or not. All right. Yeah, I was even more the SWAC did not release the schedule yet. Um. So
0: yeah, I mean, so something definitely could be coming, but yeah. we'll definitely see. Um either way, I mean, I'll be I'll be watching these games, you know. Um so no complaints for me, just uh, just suggestions. But um that's really that concludes everything I had to talk about. Dwayne, do you have anything final to add or promote?
1: Um, nothing else um as of right now to to promote. Um, you know, football season is coming up, so within the next um month or so, uh I know uh, with Hero Sports, we normally start doing our previews for the upcoming season. Um, but you can follow me at the Yard HBCU Sports on all social media platforms, or you can follow Hero Sports. Um, that's Hero Sports FCS um, on Twitter. They most definitely, uh, along with myself, will start uh, av- start to advertise whenever we start to preview um, the upcoming uh, football season per conference so once those start to come out you can follow us and see exactly when when um they're ready for um for viewer
0: i mean and i just have to say that i'm just so grateful for your work Dwayne, in terms of the previews because i i hardly write pre- i find previews to kind of be a chore previews and game recaps to be a chore so i'm just glad that you do it and i can just you know you know <laughs> fill you know fill in the information that i don't have and just be informed you know because previews I like writing about conference realignment and like future matchups for me. Previews are a chore, you know, because I mean x's and O's there's there's a ton of people that talk x's and O's and statistics, you know, so uh, you know i'm not I'm not one of them. so i'm just I'm just glad. I'm just glad that, that you know people like you, uh, you know do do the do the dirty work and and look at the box scores.
1: Hey, uh, numbers is something that I thoroughly enjoy. I, I blame my mom for that, um being that of course, uh, she's a mathematician. And a little bit of that has rubbed off on me, and 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 looking at numbers and looking at stats is uh, primarily is something that I enjoy doing, and and look enjoy doing it from my own personal perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad that I could be of assistance to you, there, Omar. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely do appreciate it, but yeah,
0: um, I will definitely be consuming your work, and I hope that uh, once I leave uh, those links in my description that. Uh, All of you listening or watching will do the same as welcome uh, football season because we're close. Uh, By the end of this week, we will be uh, two months away, less well less than three months away. So just an exciting time. Uh, But again, hopefully this uh, you found this to, to, I guess, uh, make your appetite more or bigger for uh, college for the season to come up. Dwayne, thank you again for coming on. Uh, Always a joy to have you. Uh, and looking forward already to the next time you're on the podcast. And um, everyone, thanks for listening. Happy Memorial Day, and uh, peace, love, and soul.